0: So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED.
1: Hey, what's up? It's Devin. Quick note at the top of the show here. We're going to take next Monday off for Memorial Day, but we'll be back on Wednesday. All right. Thanks. Part of my childhood, like a lot of other kids, was spent trying to fit in. And in Sonoma, where I was born and raised, that meant being more like the white kids. I'm half Japanese, but I remember thinking that half of me wasn't as cool. And honestly, it's not until recently have I even been able to talk about race and where I fit in. Race isn't an easy thing to talk about, but a new KQED podcast called Truth Be Told is digging into all these complex questions that many people of color have. Like, what does it say when I only have crushes on white people?
0: Even within communities of color, there are issues around colorism. There are issues around who you choose and why, and it's on a deep subconscious level.
1: That's host Tanya Mosley, and we're gonna to talk to her today about why she thinks an advice podcast is the perfect space for conversations about race in this moment. I'm Devin Kadayama. welcome to the Bay. So how, how long have you been thinking about creating a podcast like Truth Be Told?
0: Oh, that's a good question. So really, I wanna say all of my life, but. <laughs> really, I've been thinking more intentionally about it um, over the last few months just thinking about what's the discussion we need to have around race. Um, And I I really came to this idea that if we're going to talk about race and racism, it would be a really great idea if we were able to talk about it with each other, people of color, talking about racial issues in this country and how to deal with them and the joy we feel, but also some of the oppression in conversation with each other.
1: I'm actually interested to know a little bit more
0: about Why all your life? Yeah. So I have always been interested in racial justice. And I think that really I was always thinking about how can I be a part of moving society forward through my craft. And
1: journalism was a way to do that. So KQED produced the first Truth Be Told back in 2015 because its host at the time, Joshua Johnson, knew that this was a conversation that he wanted to have. He wanted to have a space where race could be talked about in an open way and fast forward to 2019 now tanya mostly you are in this space where after president trump was elected we started having these really important conversations about race in a different way what's changed in america since the first iteration of truth be told a few years ago and how is your show your version of truth be told different
0: after 2016 Everything was like, everything was blown out of the water. Like how we talk about everything was on the table. We weren't even saying racism, you know, we would just say racially tinged, you know, all of these safe words. Um, And I also knew we wanted to have a discussion with each other in dialogue, black, brown, indigenous and Asian people. And I wanted to really take a look at what kind of discussion we need to have around race and racism today. I'm Tanya Mosley, and you're listening to Truth Be Told, the advice show you've always wanted, where hard questions meet understanding ears, where we, people of color, can be candid about the frustrations we're feeling and come together in search of solutions.
1: Dear Truth Be Told. Dear Truth Be Told. Truth
0: Be Told, I need your help.
1: Why Why an advice show? Why an advice podcast?
0: I was thinking a lot about the conversations I have with my friends, and... They're all around us seeking advice from each other about how to navigate the world. So much of the discussions I have with my family members, my mom, my grandmother, about ways that I can navigate the world at work, um, in social situations, in marriage, in love, all of these things. And I was thinking, what is this really? It is really like seeking advice from those that Mm -hmm. I love and trust.
1: Whenever I'm I'm opening up to a friend or family about something really deep, it's sometimes I want to vent, but I'm I'm always looking for their advice in some way. I'm looking for answers to something that's really complicated for me to think about.
0: Yeah, and you're probably also wanting a little bit of comfort and
1: yes, someone to yes. say
0: like I hear you and I see you, and yeah. that I think is something that I really yearn for, um, specifically with people of color. We held these uh, listening sessions in the Bay Area, really trying to gain insights from folks in our community about uh, who they seek advice from and what they're looking for. And then the questions that they have. And those were really fruitful. What came of that were a bunch of questions that really fell into several different categories. Um, And those categories, there were commonalities. And so we decided from there just to pull Really, there was no rhyme or reason. It was like, oh, this person from this category asked this really important question that so many others have a question about too. I was just in the car with my friend the other day, filling him in and giving him an update on my life and how happy I am and book deals and all these amazing things. And then I was like, wait, is it okay to feel huge, phenomenal, amazing joy when it seems like the rest of the world is burning Honestly, I thought I was the only one who felt that, who felt like when all the great things are happening in my life, I feel guilty that maybe members of my family aren't doing that well or yeah. people in the world, the stuff in the news, you know, you, you're, we're in the <sighs> yeah. news business. So oh my God, we see I so and hear so much. And there's a sense of guilt there. And so yeah. I heard that from so many people and they asked the questions in different ways, but they were asking that central question. Why was that important
1: for you to start Truth Be Told off with that idea?
0: When we talk about race and racism, oftentimes it's so heavy and it really focuses on the oppression of people. And there's also that other side of oppression that we don't talk about. And that's the joy that people cultivate for themselves in times of turmoil. And so I thought, like, let's start it off with something that is really heavy and that that a lot of people are grappling with. But then also at its foundation is like how were people of color able to survive in society for centuries and for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, it's because they were able to tap into joy in some way. And that's key to our survival. And so that's why we wanted to start off the show this way.
1: Well, I I feel like a lot of the topics that you're talking about might seem like a simple idea on the surface. And then once you actually get into it, it is so freaking complicated and there's so many layers to it. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about the episode that dropped just this week called Colonized Desire, which is about who we're attracted to and why, basically, and why why some people of color are attracted to the standardized white guy or woman. You really can get into some really deep conversations about why that's the case. Mm-hmm. And in, in the case of the people who you talk to, um, it get, it got really deep into to race.
0: It's a question that we've heard a lot, specifically, like, who we're attracted to and why, and this idea of society telling us who's beautiful and why. But I wanted to take it a step further in this idea of colonized desire.
1: I wanted that California, San Diego, like, eats fish tacos on the weekend surfer bro that, like, worked out and, like, was totally straight passing, like... Those were all qualities that I wanted, almost because it felt like they were so different from me.
0: We received a question from a Thai-Chinese-American who was really questioning his desires.
1: So I'm wondering, how can I navigate my relationship and be authentic to my desires, but also be critical of the ways in which the narratives I've absorbed about who's attractive have affected my sexuality.
0: Oftentimes we don't really interrogate our desires. We just kind of go along and think that it's just innate. People say, you love who you love, you like who you like, and really you might ultimately have a genuine love for the person that you end up with, but what got you there is a really interesting question for me. All of our desires are always shaped by social and and political cultural forces. For all of our episodes we have wise ones um, and they're experts and We talked with Amy Suyashi. She's the Dean of Ethnic Studies at San Francisco State University. Even if there's a seed of something that's our core desire, that's also shaped and transformed by by what's around us. Who tells us what's beautiful or how we decide to resist that and define beauty for ourselves.
1: Well, so I'm curious, um, thinking about your own evolution of uh, of your own desires and what you wanted when you were a kid, what you wanted as an adult, did you learn anything from talking to the people you talked to about your own path?
0: Oh, Devin. So <laughs> I was like, when we took this on, um, my producer, Christina Kim, and I were working on this. And I I actually said to Christina, well, you know, this actual topic Doesn't really resonate with me because I've always been in love with black men and been attracted to black men, and I'm a black woman. And so that's, I mean, I understand the concept, but it was like as we started going deeper and deeper, and I started thinking about myself and like the first crushes that I had Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block. You know, I mean, I I know, I know. The (laughs) blondest hair, the bluest (laughs) eyes. And I'm thinking over time, like the guys, like I, that time in life when you're a preteen, what you find attractive and why, all of that, I started to look back and I said, oh, you know what, there is a pattern. I ultimately ended up with a black man, but I mean, even within communities of color, there are issues around colorism, there are issues around who you choose and why and it's on a deep subconscious level so yes i learned a lot about myself in doing this episode folks um, are asked to really interrogate their desires and so i did that and in the end i came up with a conclusion and i think it's a really valuable process to go through for everyone just to get a deeper understanding of themselves
1: A lot of these conversations that you're having with people I imagine are just are really hard. how How was that for you?
0: You know, um, I wouldn't say that they were hard for me. they were they were actually therapeutic because uh, I think people of color are often thinking. We're always thinking. we're our minds are typically like at the center of thinking about where we're placed in this society. I think oftentimes when we're thinking about it being a difficult discussion, quite frankly, it is because we are centering whiteness in that and we're thinking about having discussions with white people about issues around people of color. And with that, that can often be fraught because it's often at a place where people of color are teaching white people about our experiences. So that makes it hard. But for me, it was hard only in that it really took an emotional toll. But at the same time, it was therapeutic because I needed to go there emotionally.
1: What do you hope that people take away from your podcast?
0: Oh, such a good question. What I want in the end is for people to have a yearning to continue the discussion and continue these discussions. You know, one thing that often happens um, is when I'm thinking about the black experience, for instance, I'm thinking about my people and I'm in allyship with other folks of color, but really I'm thinking very narrowly about the black experience. And what I took away from this experience is that I now have a deeper sense of allyship with my Asian brothers and sisters, my Latinx brothers and sisters. Like all of those things, I feel like such a kinship in a way that um, has just deepened over time. And I want those who listen to this to feel that as well and just start those conversations with each
1: other. Can you give us a sense of what other episodes might be coming up? Yeah.
0: So we also have an episode called Am I Enough?, And it's about a Mexican-American woman who's asking the question, am I enough? She often feels that people are questioning her Mexican identity. Um, We also tackle motherhood for women of color. It's a special and unique thing. And there are issues around that that we take on. We take on family dynamics and intergenerational trauma within families. And we take on this topic, well-meaning white folks, which is a really (laughs) interesting one at home and at work. And it's... There's yeah. something really funny that happens in that where we bury a word. We actually have a f- funeral for a word that is overused in our society today.
1: Oh, my God. I cannot wait for that. <laughs> That's great. Well, I just want to tell you my middle school, high school first crush Ooh. was Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I even like cut out a picture of her and kept it somewhere. You t- <laughs> Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> Tanya, thank you so much for this. this I'm so looking forward to, to more episodes and seeing what kind of conversations this starts. Thank you, Devin. Tanya Mosley is host of KQED's new podcast, Truth Be Told. You can follow them on social media at Truth Be Told Show. And you can find it in all the normal spots that you find podcasts. Spotify, Apple, NPR One, YouTube, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. The Bay was produced this week by Amanda Font, Erica Cruz-Guevara, and editor Erica Aguilar. KQED's leadership team includes Vinnie Tong, Julie Kane, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for The Bay. Talk to you next week.